Hi, I'm David Wolliver, and welcome to the XVZF podcast. The story you're about to listen to was told by Cicely Carver on February 27th, 2014, at the Magpie Taproom in Toronto. The theme of the night was non-trivial, stories about the difficult. I'm about to tell a story that's pretty, it's pretty lighthearted, but it also comes from uh, a time when I was making a difficult career decision, and that ultimately became the encapsulation of all those things about that career decision. And it's a story about a power struggle, about a piece of decorative headwear. This is a piece of headwear called a fascinator. I'm sure this is a very fashion-forward crowd. How many of you know what a fascinator is? Lots of you. Oh, that's good. A fascinator is basically a piece of decorative headwear that you wear on a headband on your head, and it makes it look kind of like your head has sprouted flowers or feathers or ruffles or something like that, you know, up here at kind of a jaunty angle. And they enjoyed a moment of popularity after the royal wedding in England. And why am I talking about fascinators, you ask? My educational background is computer science, and... When I graduated, for a couple of years, I worked as a .NET developer. But then after a couple of years, yeah, Snickers. I'm hearing Snickers. That's cool. I I understand. Uh, After a couple of years of of .NET, I was thinking to myself, you know, I'm also an opera lover. And an opportunity came up to work at the Canadian Opera Company. And it meant a significant pay cut. But I'd always been an opera lover, and I thought, you know, wow, this will be a great chance to be involved in something that you really love. And that was important to me. So I went ahead and did that. And if you had asked me about it, I I would have said that I was anticipating this and that I was going in with clear eyes. But what you never quite realize until you're actually there is that when you take something that you enjoy very much as a consumer and get involved in the production of that thing and making it into your career, your relationship to that thing changes. And if you're lucky, it deepens and makes your relationship with it richer. And in my case, it did. But I also developed all these weird, resentful issues around it, which made me kind of cranky a lot of the time. And one of the things that this job involved, because of that magic line in the job description, other duties as assigned, part of what I had to do was work at the retail kiosk in the opera house. There's a retail kiosk there that operates during every performance, and it sold, as part of its merchandise, it sold fascinators at a time when they were very popular. And I thought I had had left retail jobs behind uh, as a teenager, but uh, here I was coming back into them because I loved opera. So one day, I'm working at the shop, and one of the donors comes by. And these fascinators are there. They're jaunty. They are shaped like a flower. Um, They have sort of leaves sprouting out of them that kind of bounce in the air when you walk. She was looking at these, coveting them, and it was very clear to me very fast that she really wanted to wear this thing. But she didn't particularly want to buy it. It cost about $100. So she came up with an idea. She told me, I'm giving a talk to some of the patrons before the performance starts. And she was. Uh, She said, if I wear this during my talk, it's going to be really fantastic advertising for the opera shop. You know, it'll be like an endorsement. You know, I'll tell everybody where it came from, and they'll all come in droves to buy it. Can I wear this during my talk? And I said, sure. I didn't see anything wrong with that. I handed it over, and I felt pretty comfortable with it until she didn't want to give it back when her talk was over. 
she really wanted to keep wearing it through the entire evening. And, and I said, well, um, you know, if it's on your head, we can't really sell it. And there aren't a lot of performances left. So, you know, I'd really like to take this, the opportunity to sell this thing. And with reluctance, she gave it back. But she said, I'm giving another talk later this week, uh, and I'll be back to borrow it again. And I wasn't happy about this. I thought, you know, I'm responsible for this merchandise. We can't just loan it out to whoever comes along who wants to wear it for half an hour or a couple of hours. I'm, I'm not feeling good about this. And I talked about it with uh, the shop manager. And, and they agreed with me because I was so righteous and noble in my uh, defense of fascinators. And so when she came along again later in the week to say, I want to borrow this thing again, I said, um, sorry, but you know, I talked to the shop manager and we just don't think it would be a great idea. We, we don't have a lot of time left to sell it. And if it's on your head, we can't sell it and so on and so on. And I kind of expected that, uh, that this would be the end of it, but it wasn't. She drew herself up. She became quite angry at me. And she said, and who are you to make this decision? Um, and I wasn't expecting that. Like, she was actually pulling the, uh, you know, who do you think you are gambit. And it made me dig my heels in. I was like, I'm sorry, but I just can't do it. So she walks away in a huff. And the events of the evening I've reconstructed in this way, although I wasn't present at all of them. She went over to the person behind the media desk to see if she could find someone to override my decision. She said... The lady at the opera shop, she says, uh, I can't borrow this fascinator, but I think it would be really great advertising for me to wear this fascinator. So you should tell her uh, that she has to give it to me. And that person said, she, was, she worked in PR. She was like, uh, not really my area of authority. You should go talk to the uh, sales and customer service manager who's over there. So she went over to talk to that guy. Same thing. She should really give me uh, this uh, fascinator. And that guy, he said, well, if Cecily says no, then, you know, I think it has to be a no. You know, I really like that guy. He stood up for me. <laughs> this was not the end of it either. Um, she'd been shot down by three people now, but she went to the fourth person, and she took a different strategy. She talked to the front of house manager. So uh, a couple minutes later, I get a visit from this guy, and he says, so I was talking to this person, and uh, she's giving the talk later, and she says she thinks it would be a great idea if she, would wear, if she could wear the fascinator during her talk. And you know, maybe, maybe you could uh, loan it to her for a bit. And I was like, well, she already came to talk to me about it. I already said no. I don't feel good about that. And then he sort of paused and sighed, and he was like, she donates money to the company. Do you think you could do it to placate her just this once? And in that moment, I realized a whole bunch of things at once. The first thing I realized is like, wow, she's going to go to a lot of efforts to be able to wear um, this flower on her head for half an hour. You know, this is really important to her. So that was thing number one. Thing number two was, if I say no, I'm going to be the person who antagonized a donor over a flower that you wear on your head. I was like, that's not going to be good for me. Uh, I don't want to be that person. And the third thing I realized was, I don't think this job is really working out for me. So. Now I'm a developer again. I gave my notice about two months later. I'm not a .NET developer, so uh, I guess I'm moving up in the world. That's good. I do dames making games now, too. That's great. And uh, 
I was talking to someone who's heavily involved with dames making games, and he said, you know, wow, I really want to make a video game of this. It'll be called Fascinator Defender Cecily, and, you know, there'll be these fascinators lined up on the counter, and you'll be punching people who try to grab them. But this story is actually about how I failed as a fascinator defender, but uh, was able to come to some clarity about my career situation. So thank you for listening to this story about fascinators. Cicely is a web developer who co-runs the organization Dames Making Games, which provides a supportive environment for women to explore game development and promote their work. She also has a soft spot for the opera. Talk Audio was recorded by Tavi Burns. Laura Satula was greeting at the door, and our bartender was Amelia. XVZF is a project by David Wooliver and Philip Mendoza Vieira. XVZF is a regularly occurring night for Toronto tech workers to come together and share true personal stories. Find out more at xvzf.io.